and put everything here in place. Just finished cleaning up the kitchen after breakfast. It is a sunny day, cold but sunny. And I'm here at the rectory of Father Henry, my temporary home. And since the weather is better than it was yesterday, I'm going out for a walk. With the big oak oaken front door. And wow! <laughs> Welcome to this peaceful, quiet Monday morning. Well, actually, it's Tuesday morning. <laughs> it feels like Monday morning. No, the, the noise you're hearing is uh, the, a couple of workers on the other side of the street in front of the uh, hotel uh, De Wereld that I talked about, I think, in the last episode of The Walk where the peace treaty was signed, or actually the surrender was uh, effectuated of the Nazis in the, uh, at the end of World War II. And they are currently working on the streets around the church of St. John the Baptist, which is the main church here of the, of the parish. And I think one of the things that they are doing is getting people connected to, um, uh, to uh, fiber internet, which is surprising. I thought that that would already be the case here in this uh, city that is populated uh, by many, many students. You'd think that with a university present, they'd have fiber already. But um, at least this, this neighborhood is still on cable internet, and it is pretty slow. So here's hoping that uh, fiber will also eventually make it to, uh, to the church and to the rectory where I'm staying. It's a nice day. The sun is shining, and we've got some fluffy clouds. The usual Dutch weather type on good days because it can be cold and wintry as well especially in the, in the month of April we've got a saying that says April doet wat hij wil which means April does what it wants so even though we, we got some really nice springtime weather in March and everybody was already complaining that because of uh, the corona restrictions we couldn't we couldn't sit outside um, <laughs> the uh, the weather turned back to winter for the past few days. We've had hailstorms, uh, very cold. This night, temperature dropped five degrees below freezing point, which was very cold. The attic cooled down to uh, 10 degrees. I've got a thermometer up there right now, so I can check what the temperature is. And uh, thankfully, my room stayed relatively warm during the night. It's still not as warm as I, I would like to have it, but it's the maximum that we can achieve with the current situation. And I'm very thankful that I have a couple of extra blankets that I can pull over myself during the night. It does feel like a Monday morning, strangely enough. It's quiet in the streets. And uh, yesterday which was the actual Monday, I really had to take some time off and uh, disconnect from computer screens and 
everything else. It was a very quiet day because normally the house is filled with people. We've got Father Henry and Eric, who's our seminarian, doing his internship. Um, we're still waiting for the return of uh, Luigi, who is an Italian student who is currently with his parents in the north of Italy. But I think he's returning on Wednesday. So normally the house is always filled with people. Um, but on Mondays, both Father Henry and Eric go to their family. Uh, Father Henry uh, goes to the farm where he, uh, where he was raised. His mom is still alive and he uh, helps her and uh, his brother who st- runs the farm right now. And for him, that's a really great way to kind of recover from the weekend. Um, of course, as most priests in the Netherlands, he's extremely busy, lots of masses and other obligations on Sundays and even Saturdays. And then, of course, you've got all the stress of running all these different parish locations. I still love this square, by the way. There is a big Protestant church in the middle, uh, and then all the, the rest of the square surrounded by smaller houses. They have been rebuilt after the Second World War, but in a nice kind of old-fashioned style. Which is, uh, which is great. And I think in normal times, this, uh, this might be really a, a great place to hang out and, uh, you know, sit outside, have a beer, <laughs> eat something. All that is hopefully still in our near future. This is a tropical supermarket here on my right. Interesting. I wonder what... What makes it tropical? <laughs> uh, no, mo- no palm trees in sight. Uh, let me see. I want to go back to the area where I was walking the other day. Um, maybe I'm still still trying to kind of figure out the the actual uh, geography. This is part of the city wall here on my right. Um, Father Henry took me on a tour last week where he talked about the history of the city of Wageningen. And so apparently there's been a castle here and the city was surrounded by um, defense walls and only small fragments of the defense walls are still here and this is part of it. The the city kind of looked like a star. You see that a lot in the Netherlands where they would dig um, a canal around the city and then uh, around the center they would create this wall which had these uh, pointed star-like outcroppings on which they would uh, place towers and maybe cannons later on. And so you see this, the, the, the form, the star-shaped form of this city uh, when you look at the overall plan of, of Wageningen. It's very, very pretty. I'm turning here to the left. And I think over there is the road that leads up to the the dike that uh, keeps the water from the, what was it again? (laughs) One of those rivers from overflowing the the city. I haven't had much time to go out and uh, do longer walks or bike rides. Um, But I'm really waiting for the weather to uh, 
to heat up a little bit. It's been so cold. <laughs> and then the, um, the rectory of Father Henry is huge. And so he has the habit, a very good habit, by the way, to turn off the heating when he's not there. Um, so usually during the day when Father Henry is out working, uh, it's super cold everywhere. And it, it really got to me at one point. I was so freezing all day long. You know, I'd sit at my computer and my hands would be uh, just just cold. And it would get to, I don't know, my joints were, were freezing. I felt like C-3PO on Tatooine in the New Hope. <laughs> my joints are freezing. I would like to have a warm oil bath. But, ooh, well, unfortunately, the maker doesn't have it in store for me. But, um... Uh, yesterday, on Monday, Father Henry was uh, with his mother and Eric was also, uh, had returned to his parents. So I had the house for myself <laughs> and uh, I, I really took some time to decompress. I had another very stressful Sunday um, on the second Sunday of Easter because this Sunday I, I, I couldn't... Uh, uh, I wanted to give Henk and Inge and Marijke and all the others that helped me with the international uh, masses. I wanted to give them some time off. They really needed it. Uh, as you can imagine, Easter and Holy Week are super intense. Oh, wow, it's nice here. So I'm walking up the dike and now in front of me I can see the, the river with the glistening uh, water in the distance and then the meadows here below no cows yet or sheep but I do see a lot of people walking here this is I'm so glad that springtime is uh, making it uh, nice again to be outside and a lot of people are locked inside uh, the rules and are still very strict in the Netherlands because we're still in this third wave, and the numbers are, are not good. Um, you hear the bells in the distance? That's the main church. So apparently they've got a carol yawn. I like it. I, lo- I love those city sounds. It's very, very nice. So, uh, despite the fact that in many countries the numbers are going down thanks to vaccination... Take, for instance, the UK. They're doing really well. They just reopened the pubs. Um, in the Netherlands, that's not the case. There have been some delays with vaccines, uh, with the delivery of, uh, of, the, vac- of the vaccines. Is that, how you... Is that vaccination, a vaccine, vaccine, vaccines, <laughs> whatever. Um, and, of course, as you may have seen in the news, there were some side effects, people getting problems after the uh, AstraZeneca uh, vaccine and now also the, I think it's a Johnson & Johnson vaccine that uh, causes some side effects with a very, very small percentage of people, but it does kind of like out of a extra precaution, they they stopped administering those types of vaccinations. Um, Let's hope that things will pick up soon. Um, and, and, well, of course, for a selfish reason, we, we'd all like to uh, return to a certain normality. And I really miss just 
having people in church, more than 30 people. Um, but also because the longer uh, the world has these these huge areas where the virus can just do what it wants, you, you uh, uh, heighten the risk of mutations that will then maybe be able to break through the protection of the of the current vac- uh, vaccinations. Um, so Sunday was busy uh, because I had to do, to uh, orchestrate everything myself. I I I could have asked maybe Father Henry to uh, let me celebrate Mass at six. I think because. There is an international mass at one o'clock in, in the afternoon and one at six o'clock. Um, but the people that helped me uh, last week uh, with the uh, streaming mass on the on the first day of Easter, on Sunday of Easter, uh, were already busy uh, with another mass in another church that had to be streamed. So. Um, I decided to uh, do everything myself, including, which was a bit crazy, uh, using frankincense, which is absolutely impossible when you don't have an assistant. Um, But you know me, I always try to go the extra mile. I'm a bit perfectionist. So um, I think I I managed finally, but the the big problem uh, occurred when I tried to upload that mass and the internet was just so weak. And so uh, unreliable that I got a message that it would take an hour and a half to upload the mass. That's slower than real time, and uh, which meant that the mass itself was online at a very late moment of the day, and which of course is not very handy for people that are want to you know are watching that mass and want to celebrate the. Uh, the Sunday that way because Sunday is already halfway <laughs> for most people uh, if not over here in Europe I'm still <clears throat> talking with Father Henry about possible solutions Veronique who is also a community member uh, and works as a volunteer here in um, the parish of Wageningen she's been offering some suggestions so I guess what we need to do is to get together and just look at the possibilities I'm very glad with Hank's advice to take it easy, to not over, not rush things too quickly, uh, but to just look at all the options and really make sure that the new place from which we are going to stream or the, the, new, the new way of streaming, that that will be something that we can um, consolidate and continue for, uh, for at least a, a half a year or something like that. So um, I'm trying to uh, do what I can to make sure I uh, continue the masses uh, in this uh, kind of uh, camping situation. (laughs) And hopefully soon we will have a more permanent solution. This, of course, is also linked to my current condition where I'm still staying. I'm still a guest here at the rectory in Wageningen. And the, 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 the couple that uh, used to live in the house that hopefully will become my home soon, uh, they've moved this past Saturday. So they just moved out. Um, and what I need to do this week is to 
make a plan with the, the local people of the parish um, about how we're going to proceed. Um, they want to do some renovations. I want to do, of course, some stuff like painting and wallpaper, <laughs> floors, and the kitchen. Um, but we, we should uh, really make uh, a, a good plan that gives me an idea of how much time this will take. And then, of course, it will probably take more time than you initially calculate. Um, and in, in addition to that, of course, I need to still keep the store open in a certain way. I still have to do my podcasts. I have to uh, edit <clears throat> this uh, three-part documentary about my, my walk to Santiago, which I'm really looking forward to. And at the same time, I'm dreading it a little bit because it's, uh, it's an hour and a half. And the footage that I'm going to use is footage that I shot with the iPhone 6, which is surprisingly good, holds up really well. It's actually quality-wise even better than uh, the footage, the more recent footage that I used for my Ireland documentary, which was filmed with my Zenfone, uh, because the Zenfone does have better lenses, but the compression was very high, so the bit rate of the video material is low and you can tell you can tell uh, the the iphone has a i don't know probably higher bit rate i'm not sure i'll have to check but it, the footage overall looks more natural than the uh, asus uh, footage so but huh, none of the footage i think contains much on camera commentary i didn't film myself a lot well i did film myself walking but I didn't uh, speak to the camera much. So that means that most of the story will have to be told in voiceover. And if that's the case, then it means those voiceovers have to be written. So that means I, write, I have to write a script for an hour and a half of footage. That is going to be a big challenge. And also I have to make sure that I recall what happened. Now, I hope that while watching the material and the footage, things will come back to me. And I have the little guide that I used on my way to Santiago, uh, which I followed kind of to the letter. So for every day, it's a German guide, small pocketbook. I still have that. So I can probably use that book also to know where I am and to maybe even look up some extra details about where I was at the time. That's usually what I did with Ireland and Scotland as well. I just go back to the footage, I try to figure out uh, where was this shot, and then I just Google that name and then come up with, uh, with extra information that I can use to kind of spice up the narrative. Because if it's just me complaining for an hour and a half about how hard it is, <laughs> which was often my, my real mindset, that's not going to be too appealing. Okay, so I am now actually at the, I think at the corner of the city. I'm still on this dike, although the road is, is sloping down. And here is a map for bikers, or, well, regular bikes, not motorbikes. It says, here you are. So I'm on the Grebedijk. Grebedijk. <laughs> and so I'm looking at the Nether Rhine. And uh, I'm going to turn to the right, so that means 
I'm going to go in the direction of Renkum, which is this uh, Marian shrine here in the parish. I won't walk all the way up to Renkum because that's still a couple of kilometers away, but I'm eager to explore the surroundings here. It has a special warning um, that after sunset, after sunset until sunrise, there are frogs uh, crossing the road. So this is probably the breeding season or something like that. And you don't want to run over those because um, some of those uh, animals are protected and quite rare. And this, of course, is a pretty uh, natural environment. Lots of open space. So we are the invaders, not the animals. So yesterday I, I needed some time off to recover from all the stress of uh, making sure that um, uh, Mass on Divine Mercy Sunday was, uh, was posted. And I think I've already shared that it is, for me, it's pretty hard to be in an environment where, uh, where things are sometimes a bit chaotic, or at least there is uh, a certain order to things that I haven't discovered yet. And I think this has to do with the fact that... Uh, um, the the house is shared with students, and well, you know how how students can be. I definitely know how I was at that age, <laughs> and so it's not always the most, you know, you're just busy with your uh, with your uh, studies and everything and obligations. Um, so organization, uh, housekeeping tends to uh, to be quite low on your list of priorities. Um, so I took Monday to just clean and, and reorganize, uh, the kitchen, um, was, is, is pretty old, um, and the, the cupboards with the, uh, uh, groceries and stuff, uh, were, were a total mess. Like, everything was just stacked in there, uh, the back of some of the cupboards was even, um, loose because there was just so much crammed in uh, on just a few shelves so what I did is I took everything out and I reorganized it um, so I put everything that has to do with Italian food on one shelf and there's a lot because of Luigi and also because Father Henry loves Italian cuisine I reorganized the, the pasta cabinet <laughs> it's like two shelves with just pasta and it's really good quality stuff uh, some of which you can only get in Italy and of course it was all smuggled in by the various Italian students that have lived here um, <laughs> but then there was there were two cupboards that were entirely filled with plastic containers and it was <laughs> such a mess it was crammed in and, and you could tell that almost none of those containers were used on a regular basis. So what I did was I tried to sort out everything that still had a lid, that is still actually usable if you want to freeze in stuff, and then all the orphan uh, plastic boxes and whatnot and containers, I just threw them away. I don't like to throw away stuff, but sometimes you have to. This was this felt like an intervention. Like, I need more shelves. There is just too much food and there's too much cooking going on in this kitchen to waste shelves on 
stuff that you don't use. So it was a good exercise also for me to sort out, you know, what is essential and what is just there for just in case. Uh, and I think Father Henry is just like me. We tend to always overthink things and like, well, maybe this, this I could use this maybe in the future. And you try to, you, you tend to overestimate the amount of time that you have to, for those maybe sometime uh, projects. So I try to be as pragmatic as possible, uh, make sure that everything is logical. Also the fridge, same thing. Like the food was all over the place, so I put all the cheeses together. There's a lot of cheese. That's another, another type of food that apparently is very popular here in the house. So you've got tons of, of different cheeses, most of which are, are these kind of stinky cheeses from France. I love it. But <laughs> You want to make sure that some of them are actually in plastic containers because otherwise everything smells of French cheese. Um, and then there was this other room next to the kitchen where uh, there's the washing machine and the second smaller fridge. And that room was just stuffed with, with all, well, a lot of cleaning-related stuff. Um, but also, like, for instance, I found five big shopping bags filled with smaller shopping bags. And in total, I think there must have been more than 100 shopping bags. So, again, it's like, well, maybe I can use it and we should reuse our plastic. Absolutely agree with that. But too much is too much. And it was taking up so much space. And then I was like, okay, where can I store this stuff? And... There was this one table next to the washing machine, and it's a small room. And I wash my own clothes, and what I need is a table on which I can fold my, my laundry. That there, there was a table there, and it was probably also put there for exactly that purpose. However, it's like, you know, a vacuum tends to fill with whatever is available at the moment when you... Uh, when you open up the vacuum, that's exactly what happened here. That table was just used as a basic stockpile for everything that people didn't know where to put. And I was looking for space to put all that, all those loose things. And you could tell by the dust on it that it hadn't been touched for a while. There was this one cupboard, so I opened it and it was empty. And for a good reason, because the doors were coming off. This was, uh, again similar to the desk that I talked about in one of my other podcasts. Cheap stuff from the, from the last century that had been refurbished multiple times, and so there were screws all over the place, and it was unsalvageable. And so it was so wonky uh, that apparently they didn't dare to put anything in that cupboard uh, anymore out of fear that it would fall down. And so I was like, okay, it's old, it's broken, let's get rid of it, and then it will give us some more space in this already small washing room. So that's what I did. I took a few, tried to find a few screwdrivers, which also took me an hour. And once I had screwdrivers, I just took the whole cabinet apart. And uh, I have to find a, some time today or tomorrow to bring it to uh, the recycling area here. Um, and I will do that with the broken desk as well. Uh, the thing is, while I was cleaning up, I was telling myself, 
should you do this? Because you're disrupting someone else's system. Um, which, uh, by the way, I feel comfortable doing because uh, on vacation, when we are with four priests, and Father Henry is one of them, we do that all the time. We disrupt each other's habits and we challenge each other and because we know each other very well. So we also know that sometimes that is very good to just get a different perspective on things or do it, do things in a different way. But at the same time, I knew that what I was doing, um, it's, I'm kind of like uh, using my system to reorganize and make so, so that it makes sense and to clean up. And of course, I've got some experience when it comes to uh, decluttering. But I also know that uh, that won't last unless everybody in the house understands the changes and is also on board with maintaining the system uh, in, it, you know, in its new form. And I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I, um, I'm glad that it's, it still makes sense to Father Henry. That's important. But I don't know when Luigi is back from Italy, when Eric is back... I don't know if we can maintain this current organization. All right, so I'm here at a crossroads. And on my right-hand side, there's still this lower area with meadows. Uh, the river is now far, very far away in the distance. There's a farm there on another dike. And there are trees here, willow trees, in the middle. It's very, very pretty because they're all starting to uh, sprout new branches and then the road here on the left is sloping upwards this is a five degree hill according to the indication here and there's an even steep and steeper uh stair uh, what is it a stair not a staircase but stairs that lead up to the hill and i think on top of the hill you have the arboretum which is um a park dedicated to um, all sorts of rare trees. Um, and I went for a walk there last week. I don't even remember. Did I record that or was I just talking to myself? <laughs> I don't recall anymore. I know that I was listening to an audiobook, but uh, I visited the park. I'm just going up the stairs here and there are a few more paths, but they lead more to the east. And I want to circle back to the rectory for lunch so I'm just going up these I'm kind of out of shape ah, I'm gonna open my winter coat it's actually when once you're in the Sun and there's no wind it is warmer than I anticipated so I'm just gonna open my take off my Harry Potter scarf <laughs> and get some air so uh, the, so I, t I told myself yesterday, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing this. It is gratifying to organize stuff. And yeah, this is not my kitchen. This is not my house. And in a few weeks or months, I'll have my own kitchen to clean up. But it just helps. I don't know. There's something about organizing things and, and decluttering that gives me a certain sense of grip on the situation, which in a new... Uh, a new temporary situation that I currently am in. I need that kind of logic, that sense of order around me. 
and uh, well, and at least I cleaned everything, so that's always a benefit for everyone in the house. Ah, all right. I'm on top of the stairs. I'm totally out of breath. <laughs> wow. I uh, I need to start working on my health again. <laughs> Not only am I too heavy, but also because of the cold and my overall uh, fatigue after the Easter, the Holy Week, and, uh, and the Easter celebrations. I didn't do any form of physical exercise. So this walk is gonna be one of the seven walks I'm planning to do this week. I wanna take about an hour every day to, uh, to walk, ride my bike, and maybe even running, although with running, I have the problem that I do have my running gear with me. I've got my shoes, I've got my uh, running shirts and stuff, but I don't have um, a training suit or how do you call that? Um, so it's all short trousers, short, uh, uh, what is it, t-shirts for running. And it's just too cold for that. <laughs> I know that some people would tell me, oh, just work your way through it. It's just cold, it's not gonna kill you, but <laughs> I seriously don't wanna run around here. In the morning, it's only three degrees above Celsius. I don't see myself going out for a morning run, but for a walk, yeah, sure, why not? Ah, uh, wow, okay. <laughs> and then I, I, I wanna start counting my calories again. Uh, which is a challenge because I'm not in charge of the, of what is, of, of who's cooking and what we're eating. So, um, there seems to be this tradition in the house that every Saturday, I think, they eat fries and, uh, like beef, but it's all, it's a lot. <laughs> And then I, I kind of get carried away and I don't want to be a spoil sport, so I eat along. But I know, in fact, that I probably should stick with salads for a while. <laughs> that would be much better for my overall weight. Uh, okay, where is this path leading now? Um, hmm. I'm a little bit puzzled by the geography here. I thought this was the Arboretum, but maybe this is a different park because I don't see the beautiful cherry trees. There are some cherry trees in the distance there. They're in full bloom. Uh, but they are in the gardens of people. And I definitely think I should go to the left here. The thing is, I don't see a path. Oh, well, I'll just have to make the detour. I probably shouldn't have gone up those stairs. Wait, is there a path that goes to the left here? Let me walk back, let me retrace my steps here before I walk another mile. Um, oh no, these are the steps that I just climbed. Are they? I'm getting confused. Yeah, these are those same steps. Okay, okay, I'll go down the stairs. <laughs> uh. I still want to get my bearings <laughs> because this is a beautiful, a beautiful uh, environment, and uh, 
the, what I need to do, uh, and I started doing that this morning, is make a new plan because the uh, I'm still living, or my let's say my calendar, not me. My calendar is still on the uh, schedule that I designed uh, in the post-COVID recovery time, where okay, here's a path. Oh, this is called the mountain path. That's good because the rectory is on the mountain street. So I guess this is leading me in the right direction. Um, the, the, my original working schedule was based on two focus days, on Monday and Tuesday. And I would usually edit video during those days, which requires a ton of focus. And then I would work for six hours every day. So you would have basically three, um, three sections or three, yeah, three. So I'd work for two hours. Then I would take half an hour of rest. I would do my uh, meditation exercises, etc., to, uh, to calm, to calm down. Um, and then I would work for another two hours, get lunch, work another two hours. So it was constantly this alternation between work with, you know, the maximum amount of focus and then half an hour of nothing. And that worked really well. Uh, And then on Wednesday, I would take the day off. That would would basically be a day where I could do anything I wanted. Very important to have that time to decompress. Also, creatively, to have some, you know, do something different. I don't... It could even be just gaming an entire day. Sometimes you just need to put your mind on something else so it can recharge for work. And then on Thursday would be filming day. That day is reserved for uh, for filming new episodes of my TV show and maybe in the future other productions. And then on Friday would be this uh, day of meetings. Um, also cleanup day so everything leftover stuff which is also nice to have a a margin a day of margin where you can just put everything you can't get to right away because you're too focused on the most on the on the priorities and then saturday and sunday i think saturday had just a morning where i would be working afternoon nothing and then sunday of course mass and uh, streaming and that would probably also fill most of the day including the preparation of course so that schedule is still i think valid but the uh my work has changed a bit because i've outsourced the tv production to hugo and so the editing itself is not necessarily top priority right now although i guess that once i start working on the santiago documentary I will have to go back hello (laughs) and uh, uh, filming is also on hold Um, and my entire day rhythm is still a bit all over the place so what I want to do is to create a new rhythm wake up at the right at the same time every day now for instance this morning I woke up at four o'clock in the morning then I couldn't get back to sleep, so I listened to a podcast that was fortunately boring enough to make me fall asleep again. And then I uh, woke up at 6.30. Um, 
and then I listen to the news, but still in bed. I, I installed my Google uh, Hub, the, what is it, Google Home Hub, which uh, is not near, near my bed, but I can still yell at it, so <laughs> I just yell, uh, tell me the latest news. So I listen to the news a little bit, and every once in a while I still fall asleep. So ultimately I woke up at nine, which is late, it was a very, very late start. And I had a headache, and I was just still super tired. I was sneezing and coughing, which is nothing to be worried about. Uh, I I think actually that I might also be uh, having some some allergic reactions to nature awakening and stuff. Um, but I still feel a little bit stuffy, and so I I had a cup of coffee, talked with Father Henry before he had to leave, and then I. I did. I started working, but I want to get back to that rhythm where I wake up a bit earlier, preferably around six or seven, and then put the workout as the first priority of the day. Because I notice that if I don't do that on a regular basis, nothing is going to improve. And I also have noticed that if I start early, and this is not for everyone, but if I start early, I do tend to have a much more productive day. I've also started journaling again today, which is something because of all the chaos uh, with the move I haven't been doing for about three weeks now. Um, And thankfully, what uh, what is it? The Day One app keeps prodding me every day, asking me questions. How are you doing? Shouldn't you update your journal? But I deliberately didn't do it because... um, it just didn't serve a purpose. My, I was in survival mode for the past month, I think. And, but now I'm, I'm ready for a new start. And, uh, and, and, well, hopefully I'll find my new rhythm soon enough. And hopefully the weather will also collaborate. And we'll get some nice springtime weather. So, that, I mean, sunshine does really uh, wake me up mentally as well. I don't know how that is with you, but I'm very sensitive to the weather type. And if I can be outside and the sun is shining, I tend to have way more ideas. I feel good. I have more energy to work out. And of course, that all creates this, 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 tr- this upgoing trend, this upward spiral, where the more I am outside, the, the fitter I become, the fitter I am, the more energy I have, the more energy I have, the more ideas I get. <laughs> also the um the rhythm uh has to include also the uh the prayers the the time for meditation that's one of the big gains i think of uh, uh my re- recovery time after covid was that i i truly appreciated the prayer time and uh these these exercises you know praying the rosary and just completely being in the here and now uh i've i've appreciated that as a, a tremendous source of of healing and uh and and recovery whereas in the past uh oftentimes prayer was just this thing you had to kind of try to squeeze in somehow um, but it didn't always function as a place of of uh renewal or uh how would you say that? Resourcement? Is that a word in English? It is in French. Ressourcement. So where you kind of get new energy. Which, of course, is, is why we are praying. 
it is God doesn't need our prayers. That might may sound strange, but it is a fact. <laughs> God wants us to pray because it helps us grow closer to God. It helps us to find peace. It helps us to put things in perspective and and recalibrate our priorities. It helps us to uh, enlarge in our heart. So prayer is for our benefit. And if if you don't experience those benefits, and it's not the prayer's fault, it's not certainly not God's fault, but it is probably um, because your life itself is maybe doesn't have the right uh, balance for prayer to to function. And if prayer, be, sometimes prayer is an obligation and is just a duty. Um, I'm not saying that prayer should always be, um, the, the, you know, this uh, ecstasy moment where you're uh, transcending yourself and getting all sorts of of graces. Um, prayer can be also a, uh, an experience of of solitude, of, you know, when you sometimes call a helpline and you get the message, uh, hold on, your call is important to us, but all our employees are currently busy catering to other customers. <laughs> sometimes you get that idea, you know, you're trying to reach God, but it doesn't work. But if, if this is more systemic and you have the feeling that prayer is a burden instead of a a, f- a fountain uh, or a source, then it's time to readjust, uh, readjust your life, uh, or at least analyze why it is not working. And it, d- it doesn't always mean that uh, that you will be able to to turn it around, because sometimes times of uh, of, of, of darkness or where you feel you're going through this dark night or you are even unable to pray, that happens to a lot of people more than you think. Even saints, bishops, popes can go through times like that. Um, sometimes God allows those, those times to help you strengthen your resolve, to, to grow patience in you, etc., etc., it's hard for us to second guess the reasons of these difficult times. Uh, but there may be other situations where it is just time to look at the entire picture of your life. Do, do I lead a life that actually has room for a relationship with God? Just like if you are in a relationship and the relationship doesn't work, or you have trouble... Uh, communicating or you've got the feeling that you're kind of growing apart those signs would be a reason or a good reason to recalibrate and think well apparently something in our in our relationship in the way that we that we uh, that we share this relationship is not working so and that could just be a lack of time for one another the lack of you're, you're stuffing your days with things that you tell yourself are important, but you forget what, that the actual foundation of everything you do is your relationship. And that's true for, for married people. That's true for friendships. 
none of us can truly function without friendship, without relationships. And the same is also true about your spiritual relationship with God. Uh, we all always tend to uh, underestimate the the uh, the importance of that foundation um, because we see God as, as just one of our tasks. You know, it's one of the things on our to-do list that we need to... So, I've been to church on Sunday or I've watched the Mass this Sunday so I can tick that off and move on with my life. <laughs> but that, that, that doesn't really convey the idea that, uh, that your relationship with God is an ongoing foundation of everything you do and Mass on Sunday or prayer is one of the highlights of that relationship. Instead, we see it as, well, that is the relationship, but it's not. That would be like a kiss uh, between uh, two people that love one another, that that is the relationship. No, it's the expression of the relationship, and a kiss can become totally devoid of, of, of meaning um, if, if there is no ongoing investment from both sides into that relationship. And that... And, well, let's be honest. What is the most precious gift that you can give to another person that you love? It's time. Time is the only thing that, <laughs> that we don't have enough of. And that's true when it comes to our life, at least our life here on earth. It is finite. So every minute that we give to someone or something is a great gift. It's a huge investment. Oh, we've got... Two dogs here, one with a with a ball, and another smaller dog. <laughs> and the squeaky sound is from I think from the the green ball that he has in his mouth. <laughs> and I think the uh, what is that? That is a very old graveyard in the middle of a an apartment buildings. That could very well be like a Second World War grave or maybe a Jewish cemetery. They, don't, they can't mo uh, move for religious reasons. Interesting. Okay, I'm heading back to the city. I can see the nice uh, orange-white stripes of the sun. The, what is it? The zonwering uh, in, in Dutch. <laughs> the sun-blocking curtains of, of Hotel the World. So it means I'm close to the rectory again. So I need to start work, uh, wrapping things up. But time, time, we always have time in short supply. Also because we're, we're so busy. So uh, ask yourself when your relationship with God or, or with your friends uh, is not working, do I give it enough time? Do I, oh wow, I'm back. <laughs> The noise is back. Ah, oh, wait, they're completely redoing this big white house here on my left, which is gorgeous. It's a very old, regal-looking house with a bal small balcony. It's, it's really, really nice. I think these guys are from Poland. Okay, he stopped talking, so I can't check. <laughs> uh, so do, do I give it enough time? And that's a big question for me now that I'm kind of recalibrating my life. Where do I put my time? Uh, the fact that I did invest at least six or seven hours in, in, on Sunday in, into bringing 
online mass to the community, you may, well, you could say that that is a, a huge investment for a very, very small group of people. We're just talking about a couple of hundred, but at the same time, it is a very important group of people to me and mass is very important to them. So it's, it's a gift of my Sunday to people that I value and, that, and whose relationship I value uh, or whose friendship I value. And so it becomes a good investment of my time. But I have to ask myself also, uh, how am I going to spend my time in the weeks and months to come? I, I know that I want to invest it more in my parents as well. My mom is 82, my father is 82, and I don't see them enough. And it's partially because of the craziness of the past months and because of COVID and my recovery. But now that I'm past that, um, this may be the time to carve out more time to spend with them and uh, to go visit my dad and, uh, and maybe also invest more in the friendships that I have now that I've moved. Of course, I left behind a lot of good friends in the area of Amersfoort. Those friendships can quickly start to water down if I don't take extra time to visit them. Now, this will all take away time that I can spend on work. And even though that is my mission, it's still not. My work is not my life. My work is part of my life, but... It should be balanced with, uh, with, with friendship and with relationships. And those carry the work that I do. So friends, prayer, relationship with God, and work. Those are the three pillars of my current life. And I, uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to make sure that all these three pillars get equal attention, equal time. That wraps it up for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm standing here in front of the door of the rectory and I have to find my key. And it is 12 minutes past one, so it is time for lunch. Thank you so much. That's the right key. And I will talk to you soon. Take care and God bless.